Oh, Hello. we're live. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We've missed you. We have missed you. Allison, I've missed you, too. I Allison and I actually you. haven't spoken in, tw- in two weeks now. <laughs> this is why we need the podcast. That's right. It's actually only so that we can make sure that we connect. That's it's like 100% real. so we can socialize. <laughs> yes. And there's nobody watching us, and maybe that's why. <laughs> Oh, wait, we have a viewer. Yay. Well, Nina, it's forever. I know. <laughs> I know. Like so long. <laughs> I know. There's been all the things happening. We are happy to be back. We are happy so to happy to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> Juliana and Amber, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you, Jess? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I feel like there's a lot to talk about, huh? <laughs> I mean, either is or there will make up stuff. <laughs> All the adventures. All the adventures that have been had. I love adventures. I realize my life needs a lot more adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, same. Me as well. Actually, I was just talking to Wendy, who's one of our CBAers, and um, she just got back from Germany. So she actually purchased a ticket, a round trip ticket to Germany during the pandemic for $40. What? Are you serious? Yeah. And she was there for like what seemed like a very long time. I'm not sure how long it was, but from this side of things, it seems like she was there like for like months. <laughs> I really a- need to learn these tricks. <laughs> I know. I know. I always tend to just think, oh, it's just like going to be so expensive or just not possible. And then I just don't do things. And I would really like to change that. Plus, like traveling during a pandemic, I think is like I don't know that I would necessarily go to another country. So Wendy, mad props to you for actually doing it. Like that's amazing. <laughs> Seriously. I love it. There's like very few things I wouldn't do. And I probably would go to another country if I could for $40. Yeah. I mean, what's your worst case scenario? You You're probably would. in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I don't know. Would you, Allison? What's what do you where are you at with that? Um I think, I think that I would really, really consider it for $40, but it does get tricky when you're like, am I going to get stuck someplace with my family and stuff? (laughs) Like, are we all going, are we all getting stuck together? (laughs) (laughs) Like which members of the family am I getting stuck with? (laughs) I'll take you and you and whatever happens is fine. It's amazing how when the price goes down, you're like risk taking goes down also. Like you're like you're well, your risk taking goes up, right? So right. the lower the price, the higher the risk taking. Like, if I had to jump out of an airplane and it cost me a thousand dollars, I would not do it. But if somebody paid me a thousand dollars, I would totally consider it. <laughs> have you ever done skydiving? No, have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you love I'm, it, don't you? I so I've only done it once and it was terrifying of course but there's also something about being so high that it just sort of it feels like it's fake it's like (laughs) oh we're like that's just like really tiny down there like this isn't even real (laughs) 
Now, what part did it start to feel real? <laughs> was it when you were like teetering on the edge of the door, like about yes. to go out? <laughs> yes, but I was harnessed with an instructor. So that's what makes it different because, you know, I'm like, I don't have to be, be the one knowing anything. Just I have to somehow make it outside of this door, which they basically do for you. So even that is not as 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 challenging. But then once you make the initial jump, it's like, it's, it feels almost fake because the ground is just so far away. Like, how is this even real? And then as you get closer to the ground, it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so real. <laughs> <laughs> what if your instructor was having a bad day? I don't know that I would rely on somebody else's emotional state to strap my body to them and jump out of an airplane. I don't know which is better, like having to do it yourself and like risking that you like mess up like the parachute thing or like relying on somebody else's mental health. <laughs> See that's an interesting thing because is it necessarily relying on someone else's mental health if that's like the thing that they do in day in and day out it's not like like they're not gonna just like are, are you saying that they're just gonna decide that we're not gonna do this today <laughs> like, yeah that's what i'm saying like maybe this isn't their day to like have somebody strapped onto their body down and you're going down with me. oh gosh that's funny. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, different things that you could think about, like doing that. like, and also I want to know, like, what other activity would you strap yourself to somebody else's body for? Like <laughs> zero. I can think of zero. Funny. Yeah, I, I would not have done that if I wasn't strapped to an instructor. I can tell you. Right, just for the record, I probably would feel more comfortable strapped to them also. But I like literally would not have. <laughs> Hang gliding. Okay, so Juliana says hang gliding. You you strap yourself to somebody else's body when you're hang gliding? I didn't know that. Obviously, I've never gotten hang gliding. <laughs> oh, zip lining. The guy that was tightening my gear said it was his first day. <laughs> Must be their joke with every group. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. Tandem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. There's, there are things that do make a lot of sense with it. I don't know. I, I, I think in my mind, the risk seems far lower of a, a somebody just like randomly saying, going down today and you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about risk. I prefer to just, my sense of adventure like lies in walking really far, carrying heavy things, which... <laughs> Doesn't sound that adventurous until you try to go to sleep at night and then you're like living the adventure. <laughs> that's an adventure. And I think you need to tell us a little bit about this picture that's here with oh, us. Okay. Today. So um I just thought you guys, <laughs> I thought you got maybe would be tired of seeing me and Allison so up close every <laughs> every week. <laughs> and maybe you would prefer to look at something a little more beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, so, okay. So I went backpacking with a friend of mine. Actually, she was really just an acquaintance, not even, I didn't really know her very well at all, but now we're very good friends, right? Cause it's been happening. We had a lot of time to talk. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth is a trainer at the gym that I go to and shout out to her strength. If anybody is local to the Albany area and you are looking for a gym to work out at, and you are a woman, Go see the trainers at Her Strength. They are phenomenal. 
And anyway, so I had been, she, I don't know, she somehow knew that I was a backpacker and I went to one of her classes and she's like, I really want to want to backpack. I'm like, anytime you want to go, I'll go. Like, <laughs> I'm like desperate for people to backpack with desperate because this is what I see like in the backpacking, like when I'm actually out in the woods, right? People are either in their twenties or like 60s and 70s, right? Like it's a young crowd of like adventurous college students or like post-college students who haven't, don't have families yet. Or it's like the, I think it's kind of the same thing with like triathlons and things like that, right? There's a lot of people who are like older and like, I don't know, just decided to like get into this because they have time, they have money, right? Because it could be kind of expensive to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of like 30, 40 somethings leaving their kids at home. So like anytime, and that's tends to be my, my, like my group of friends is between like 35 and 55 and has children, right? Like that's like just who I hang out with because mm-hmm. it's your, it's same phases of life. Right. Uh, don't tend to see a lot of those people on the trail. Like I just, <laughs> they're not there. They're at home. Right. So anytime somebody says to me, I really want to try this. I'm like, oh my gosh, please. Yes. I would love to go with you. Like, <laughs> because I want more people to do this stuff with, and they're very hard to find. So anyway, you know, Elizabeth, like casually mentioned that she was interested. <laughs> and in you're like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go. Let's plan this. <laughs> so anyway, um, the uh, we were supposed to go in August, but I got sick, and I, I mean, I just felt like it wasn't wise to take somebody I didn't really know into the woods when they're you know far away from civilization when I wasn't feeling good. Uh, so we postponed, and this was the weekend that worked out, and it was it it worked out so 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 nicely. Um, yeah, Juliana, let's go. <laughs> it's interesting to me because, you know, everyone says like, how, like, what about the bears? Like that is the number one comment that I get. Like, I have never seen any wildlife, like real, I see more wildlife at my house every single day than I ever do in the woods. Like I've never seen a bear ever actually in the wild. I've seen bears eating at like open dumps, you know, like food garbage dumps growing up. Like that's where the bears used to like People would go to the dumps to watch the bears eat through the garbage (laughs) because bears go to food and there's actually not that much food when you're back. Like there's like very little food. I mean, and it's all dehydrated and doesn't have any odor whatsoever. Um, Now, to be fair, some people do see bears when they're backpacking, but it's like it's like lowest on my like, you know, I am not concerned about bears. There's other things I'm concerned about, like humans or like injuring myself mm-hmm. by like, breaking an ankle or something, but bears are like super low on the list. I don't, I think I kind of got off on a tangent here. <laughs> so you were saying the weekend was so to, totally perfect. And that picture looks like perfect. Weather. Yeah. So the, the cool thing is, so we started hiking and we, I picked like a spot that has is trafficked, but not overly trafficked. And, um, there's a lot of like spots where you could stop. Right. So there's lean twos, which are, do you know what a lean to is? Mm-hmm. It's like a three-sided structure. Okay. The Adirondack park is like home of the lean to, uh, mm-hmm. which is really cool by the way. Lean twos are awesome. Um, and then there's a lot of campsites also. And 
a lot of the campsites aren't marked on the maps. Like some of them are, but some of them aren't. So oftentimes when I'm out in the woods, we come across a designated campsite, which is where you're supposed to camp. Um, or you could camp 150 feet from any body of water. But in general, they want you camping in designated campsites. And usually there's like a fire ring and a clear spot for like tents and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. the campsites are where you want to kind of get to. Um, so we were just, you know, hiking along. And I mean, it's your first day like on the trail is rough because you're carrying a lot of stuff and you're getting like broken into, you know, the backpack and the shoes and the this and the that. And it's always a rush getting to the starting point. So like your day has already been like not normal. You're not, you didn't eat right. You didn't, you know, like it's like that whole thing. Um, so I try and plan like shorter first days in general, but we ended up hiking about six miles and we got to one, maybe five miles. We got to one spot and we thought about staying there, but Elizabeth's like, let's just press on because there's like some aspects of this campsite, this lean-to that I don't love. And I agreed. It was very windy. It was like up on a hill. It actually was pretty windy and cold the first night. Um, so we just went a little bit further and found this unmarked campsite that was the most beautiful one I have ever stayed at. Just, you know, in the middle of, like, it's just there. It's <laughs> That's so cool. It's so cool. So it had this land bridge. This is what made it so neat. It had a land bridge that was very, very long. Like in this picture, you can only see a small portion of it, right? And it, on like one side of the land bridge, there was this, you know, waterfall and kind of like marshier area that had beaver dams and whatever. And then on the other side was the massive lake. And mm -hmm. I mean, this is a huge lake that's completely undeveloped. There's no, you know, you have to somehow carry your butt out there to, to get out there. Um, so we ended our first night was at this really, really beautiful campsite, but there's, do you want to see a funny picture? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so we, as we were, oops, I think I'm going the wrong way. As we were hiking along a lot of the, that's the land bridge again, um, oh, from the other side, so pretty. but there's like, it's in this really is only like a small portion that you can see. Um, I still think I'm going at, hold on, I'm going in the wrong direction. We'll have to go to all the pictures. The, uh, <laughs> all of the campsites and lean-tos have like canoes that have just been left there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was calling this the Blair Witch Canoe Site. <laughs> Check out that paddle. So I'm curious, who put that much duct tape into the woods? <laughs> <laughs> it's for anybody who can't see it's a it's a, it's basically a a y-shaped um stick with duct tape all over it to create like a, a big y-shaped stick like a paddle-sized <laughs> y-shaped stick and then the canoe then just is like covered in duct tape also <laughs> so so where was, was the actual campsite was it like in relation to the land bridge, because I love land it was like on that. the land bridge. So it oh, was um, so amazing. Okay, let me see. So there, oh, there's there I am in the morning. See the land bridge goes all the way out in the back there. Yeah, see many uh, pictures of the campsite. I was kind of obsessed. The camp. I mean, oh yeah, no. Um, I did. I posted a video onto my somewhere on my social media, but then I'll just show you a few more pictures. This is our second site was at a different little pond and that's my like hammock setup. So I get a lot of questions about that also. Like I don't actually sleep in a tent. I sleep mm -hmm. in a hammock. 
that's made mm -hmm. for backpacking. And that's what it looks like. So it's actually really comfortable. And do I have a picture? That's no. what my husband does whenever we do anything like this. Really? They're very, yeah, they're really cool. Wait, do you backpack? No, well, like whenever we did do anything outdoors, like he does, he sleeps in the hammock too. Like he does that whole setup. Yeah, it's awesome. It's very comfortable. Yeah. I'll yeah. go back to a prettier picture. Hold on. My son is currently obsessed with hammocks. I think because <laughs> like, because when we went recently on our adventure, whitewater rafting, um, Chris slept outside in a hammock. And so then like the gear was out. And so now Austin's like, I want to hang a hammock. Where do I put a hammock? I want to do all these things with the hammock because they are really cool. They're very comfortable. And it's not the ones that are made for backpacking. You're not sleeping in like a banana shape. They have, they're, they're asymmetrically sewn so that you actually mm -hmm. sleep pretty flat. Um, and mine has like a little foot box so you can get even flatter. I actually sleep on my side in it and it's, it's like really? a little cozy nook. <laughs> That's so cool. It's like a cocoon. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I do so bring beautiful. duct tape, but I don't bring that much duct tape. I actually take a water bottle and I put duct tape around it just in case I need a small amount of duct tape. <laughs> don't carry I, a whole I bowl. love how you've got this down to science. <laughs> I mean, just even hearing how you, how you plan it. I'm like, how does one go about finding these campsites? How does one go about planning a shorter day? Where do you get all this information? <laughs> so from the National Geographic maps, they're like the best maps ever. So there's, all right, hold on. Allison, hold down the fort for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I don't got it. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> She's not going to be very long though. So... Anybody who didn't know, we missed two weeks here for this show because I was um, I was whitewater rafting the first week, and the second week, then Jess was off on her adventures. So we have lots of adv adventures between us. What did I do? <laughs> um, I I asked questions, <laughs> and now we're going to get all the answers when Jess comes back with all the maps that I need, apparently. <laughs> every map for every area of your life. <laughs> okay, so there's two main sources of information if you want to backpack or go out on an adventure. Number one, find your Facebook group. There's like a thousand Facebook groups for all these areas, right? And so I feel like this is the best use of social media is community. Um, not scrolling your feed, like find something you're interested in, find your Facebook group, post in there and there's like tons of people who want to help you. Right. So that's number one. Uh, number two is these National Geographic maps. They actually have all sorts of trails and campsites and everything on them. So you can just kind of, you know, look at them. I see what I do. I sit and I look at maps and I'm like, oh, I wonder, I like, how far is that? Where is that? And then I do a little Googling and I get some pictures and that's how I have found like most of my backpacking is just from like some people read books. <laughs> some people have large collections of shoes. I have like 40 of these National Geographic maps for every area local to me and that I've ever traveled to because I never know where I want to go. So like I have the Grand Canyon here because I backpacked the Grand Canyon once. Like oh, they're wow. very handy maps and they're like waterproof. So you can't like destroy them. So 
This just, it just cracks me up because I have such an aversion to maps. <laughs> what? How could you have an aversion to the most beautiful thing ever? <laughs> because I get confused and it makes me feel stupid. <laughs> oh, okay, wait, hold on. You get confused reading the map or like actually following the map? Following the map. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. It's not, I, like, I always go the wrong way. And then I realize. <laughs> This is this is how I, I I grew up with like you know I get my driver's license and these are the kinds of things we have and I'm like always using them incorrectly so now I've just created such like a wall in my mind against them <laughs> like when I open that I won't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so. But for like finding really cool places to go because they have all the trails. I mean they're like trail maps. They have all the trails mm -hmm. on them with like the little lean tos and the campsites and everything and. Okay. Like, and then I'm willing just, to learn. <laughs> I mean, or just go with me. Blindly follow me into the woods like so many others before you have. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Hey, Wendy is on our hey Wendy, do you want to come on live with us and talk to us about your $40 airfare ticket to Germany? Because we were talking about that earlier, and I don't know if you were watching then, but if you do. Say the word. Okay, so Allison, so that was me. <laughs> I love it. Where did you go whitewater rafting? And you had to, did you have to like camp there too? So there was, um, there was like a camp, <clears throat> a whole camp site. So they had like a cabin. Well, it wasn't, it was like walls, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> right? It was just walls, but there were campsites. And so um, somebody else had set this up. I always, I like to be along for the ride with things. Glamping. It was like glamping. Somebody it was else not, was it was not glamping. No, 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 no. Like someone else had, had set up a group trip. So it was okay. actually a lot of my husband's friends and I was like, okay, I don't have to plan anything. I don't have to drive y'all come along. <laughs> it was one of those things. So the place that we stayed at was a campsite, but it, it had a cabin. It was just basically walls though. Like there were, it had, um, bunk beds in it but it wasn't even fully enclosed like half of it was screens so <laughs> like one night this crew came in right next door at like two in the morning and it was like loud until five and we could hear everything because it was just like <laughs> there was no it was basically like we were in a tent but but Chris prefers the hammock so he was he was out in the hammock that night but we, we basically went to New River Gorge in West Virginia and um stayed there the night before and then we had to be there real early in the morning because we did the it's called the double double upper gully which is um there's like two parts to the new river gorge and the one part is not as many it's like longer not as many class five rapids and then the other part is when they let all the water out of the dam and you ride all that and you do it like two times through during the day. So it was very intense. <laughs> I actually, have you ever been whitewater rafting? Class five, that really sounds scary to me. <laughs> have you ever gone? Um, I've done a little bit of like very gentle rafting. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was, it was like, oh man. So I, I went once when I was a senior in high school, our, our senior, it was like part of our senior trip. And then I went once in like... I don't know. It was like 16 years ago. <laughs> it was, it was another trip and I don't even remember it, but I, it was not this. I do not think we ever did these amount of intensities. So you had to have like some certifications or experience to do class five rapids. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just the boat. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we we went, we go with a group. Like it's um a river guides. You go with river guides. So I know, but still, I thought you needed like something more. No. <laughs> No, nope. <laughs> you're just you're just supposed to be a a good participant and do what your guide tells you and don't die. <laughs> so what does your guide tell you if you get thrown out? You like are you know That's, like a statue, right? Well, so for every single rapid that we came up to, it was basically this what the, this is what the rapid is. This is where we need to go. This is what will happen if we don't. And basically, if you fall out or when you fall out, this is the way you need to swim. So it's always whenever there's in there was like six or seven rafts. So whenever anybody fell out, there was whistles all over the place and all the other boats in the vicinity were coming close and they were yelling at people to tell them where to go. So it's it's they they've got it set up so that there's every safety measure set in place, but it is still dangerous. And actually <laughs> I, I got there and found out that someone had died like two weeks before. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? Why am I here? I have children. <laughs> so, so basically every single, every single time that we were starting to go down a rapid, I was just like, I am not leaving this boat. I don't care what I have to do. Like, I am not leaving this boat. I have kids. <laughs> I don't even want to risk like being out in the water and not knowing which direction and getting caught in some undercurrent or under a rock. Cause that's the, that's the scary parts actually is, they, they, they tell you all, um, you know, you, you need to keep your feet up because if you get your foot caught, there's so many rocks and that's like the thing that actually is the most dangerous part. So if you're trying to stand up, you get your foot caught in it, you get taken under. Right. And, right, and rocks right. that are really undercut, those are all the, also the really dangerous areas. So they're, <laughs> they're, one of the first ones that we went on, there's this part where, oh man, so they like the guide explains it before you go in. And you're like, maybe I shouldn't have heard all that before I was about to go in here. Don't tell me. <laughs> but but there's this one part where it was like the center area was like if you hit it, it's like a bomb goes off. Like every like it's just and and so I didn't completely understand what he was saying, but he was basically trying to take us around it. So we were trying to go around this direction. And then the, like, they have all these things that you do. There's like this big rock here, try and like hit your paddle up against it to get everybody over to that side, essentially. Right, right, right. Well, we were not, we had not done enough where our, our, our crew was not quite working together and <laughs> it was not powerful enough as it needed to be. And so we caught the edge of that center area and I crashed into the girl in front of me. Like I still have a knot here. Like it was so sudden. There's nothing you could do about it. There's literally <laughs> nothing you could do, but we still all stayed in the boat. We were just all like, ah! <laughs> but we made it through that one and all the others after that went okay. But it was, it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're here to tell the tale. <laughs> you get through it and you're like, so accomplished like oh my gosh i figured out how to to sit <laughs> i figured out how to actually start um like the big one of the biggest things for me is i finally started to realize about halfway through that you really have to like dig in like you really have to put your paddle out and dig in 
to this oncoming thing that looks like your whole body is like, stay back. Like, don't, don't lean forward. Don't do any of that. But you have to, in order to maintain some of your balance, like the motion of doing is that is actually what helps keep you where you need to be. So that, <laughs> that was like, like, like halfway through, I was like, oh, okay, I finally get it. Now I feel a little bit slightly more in control before that. It just felt like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> But it was funny that someone said something earlier about about um, a zip lining guide saying it was their first day because I found out after that our guide, it was his first day on that river, but they train this particular place trains them for like a year. So it's not like he was inexperienced and he had come from another area where he used to do it, but on that particular river, but he didn't, he didn't say it like that. It was, it was like, <laughs> I've been doing it for four years and... <laughs> You know, he they don't they don't let on. Was he in his twenties? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> the uh, adventure decade. <laughs> he probably he was very young, and it was really funny. It it was funny because it was like he'd come from California. It, it was course. like total total hippies, <laughs> right? So he he was like, yeah, we're just a lot of people guides here just you know, live out of their car, but I don't have a car. So I have a, a wooden platform I can put my tent on. <laughs> it's great. And I just roll out and come here. I'm just like, this is a certain stage of life, right? <laughs> totally. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever really had that stage, but you never had this sleeping on a wooden platform stage of life. I did not. No, I did not. I did live in a car once for six weeks, but I was traveling. So I feel like did you, you know. do a lot of traveling? Like, did you have a stage of your life that was like to the total adventure just by myself out in the world stage? No, I mean, I went to, I lived in Australia for a semester in college. And then during that semester, I was, I went to New Zealand and lived in a car for six weeks. I didn't actually go to school then. It was like, it was, it was more like a, I went to Australia with a school program and then mm -hmm. promptly did not do any of the school program. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Heather says we're not all hippies. Some are surfers. <laughs> I came into my adventuring because I got married very young. So I think I came into it like a little like a decade after other like other people mm -hmm. were done with it. <laughs> They're like through that phase, but I didn't fully go through that phase. So like now I have to, you know, now it's yeah, I don't know. I feel That's the same. Mind. I feel the same. Like but I'm still trying to figure out how to actually do the adventure stage when I'm like, I can't just go places. <laughs> There's a part of me that's like, it's hopeless. What do I do? <laughs> See, my kids are like, I, I actually realized this weekend when I went away, I mean, they're so self-sufficient that I can actually, I, now I can actually very easily just leave and nothing. It's like totally fine. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, I don't have to cook. Cause I used to have to like, prepare like rides and food and blah, 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 blah. And it was exhausting. Right. But okay. now, cause they're in eighth grade or no, they're in seventh grade and ninth grade. They just, they're, they're fine. They're like, and my older daughter has Uber eats on her phone. So, and we just finally got meal delivery and grocery delivery at our house. We're like the last house in the universe to get this, I swear. But, um, so now we, it's like a whole new world of me being able to go away because she can That's amazing. for everyone right? or like get groceries or like whatever. I mean, it just shows up. It's like right there. Like nobody has to do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. So it was very 
actually. And they have their they have bus transportation to and from school. It's not like ideal, but it, it works. Like it's mm-hmm. fine, you know. So but so maybe I'm just moving into that stage. Yeah, then. you're just not quite there yet. Because yeah. when I was leaving them when they were younger, it was much, much more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it just feels like it puts a damper. Like even even to make this trip happen was was, you know, it was took a lot of logistics. I get tired of all the decision making. Yeah. And trying to figure things out. We have to make like 60,000 decisions every single day. Adding to like adding one trip is probably like tripling that number of decisions that you have to make every day. Right. Oh yeah. At least. You think it's like one or two (laughs) things? No, it's like a million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have a tendency to just kind of throw my hands up and be like, I don't even know how to do this, but I would like to do that less because I really want some more of this. Oh Oh my gosh, Dana. That's what Dana says. I lived in Austria for a semester, but people got it confused with Australia. I got a tank that said no kangaroos in Austria. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. I mean, it is. Yeah. The other thing too, is I try and incorporate my kids into my adventures like when possible. So Anastasia has done a bunch of backpacking trips with me and we did our national park road trip. And, you know, like, I think that they, when it's, when it's appropriate and possible, I bring them instead of leaving them. So yeah, is not so interested in anything that's not what she wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that sounds familiar. <laughs> My six-year-old. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, cause I think about it. I'm like, I do I do really want to incorporate my kids into more adventure stuff. And my kids are actually right now, they just finished um, a whole little camping program um, locally to me, which was really fun because it got them really excited about it. I just feel like so. In it's like, wait, it was a camping program that was not Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. Yeah, I actually have um, one of my really good friends here. Her husband has started this whole like um, outdoor kids program thing. Oh my God. I love that. It's just in the beginning stages. So it's like in this like startup kind of phase trying to, you know, he gets, he works with a lot of schools. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. He did four weeks where they just did, it was every Friday. They did a couple hours of learning this camp stuff and my kids ate it up. It was my older two. Ooh, so they, yeah. they loved it. I just feel personally like so inexperienced that to even like, set it all up just feels so daunting to me like oh we're gonna go on a trip there's so many things to remember how am I gonna remember all these things and then we're gonna get there and then you know my one of them's gonna have like a major problem with something and I'm gonna not know how to fix it because I'm not in my house (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny I don't think that's what would happen actually (laughs) probably not I, I think so I think you have all the skills that you need to like do it right you yeah. just gotta do it to prove that to yourself I probably do well, there's yeah. very actually little things that you have to worry about I mean like besides anaphylactic reactions like that is like seriously the most like okay there's environmental hazards right like tripping and falling and getting wedged underneath a rock in a river not a good idea but other than that it's really just an anaphylactic reaction that you have to be like super concerned about it, you know and you can prepare for that so but like feeding all of them. (laughs) (laughs) That much. (laughs) Just bring a whole bunch of dehydrated meals. Here you go. Have some, have some more dehydrated meals. Do that. Yeah. Why couldn't you do that? 
And we just throw a tent and food in the car and go. And you know what? You guys are kind of really tempting me to just try this. <laughs> I, I mean, just come up to New York. <laughs> just try it. Just, bring just get in the car and drive. Oh my gosh, Jess. You know, <laughs> this is really stirring up my brain. <laughs> Can I do this? <laughs> do you ever follow the van life people on Instagram or, you know, social media? I mean, I didn't until all the news. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, where is that guy? <laughs> no, I don't know. I actually had never heard of them until all of that news was going around. Of yeah. van life? Mm-hmm. Oh. That don't start following it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the van life like stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think my next long adventure will be in a like a converted van, so going somewhere. Yeah. We've talked about that just like ever so briefly. And part of me is like, yeah, let's do it. That'd be so fun. And then part of me is like, (laughs) (laughs) am I going to be like halfway across the country (laughs) and like not, and just, I don't know. There's part of me that's such a homebody, like really likes to be settled in a place I think things. the question is like, where is, are, are you your home or is your home a spot? Like, can you make a yeah. home because you're there or do you have to be in a home because that's your designated location? Right. Yeah. That And that's, it doesn't have to be my designated location. It's more about, um, I think, I think my adult years or well, the past couple of years, actually, once I started coaching has been about really creating that home within myself. So I think that I am, I think I am much more aligning with that now. It's just still sometimes feels a little insecure. (laughs) The first time that I went on a backpacking trip, I was, I mean, like, I feel like when I talk about it, I feel like I come across very confidently, but the first backpacking trip I did, I was scared to death. I did not sleep for like a week before it. I mean, I was like petrified, but I like... I knew I had to do it because I needed to get out of my comfort zone. And it, I had, mm. it was like the only way I could think of to like push myself out of my comfort zone. I love that. And it was like really fun. <laughs> it was really inspiring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to like be off the grid, like miles and miles from anyone with only an emergency transponder and like, <laughs> I, was like, I was so scared, but. Well, that's good to hear. I even had like faux injuries. Like I, like I, I not like, I didn't like make them up, but like, I think my brain made up injuries. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, my knee is like, never felt this bad. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like, I know this too. I, I, I coach people on this. Like, this is what your brain does. It's going to literally throw everything at you to keep you from going into unknown territory because it feels so unsafe. I know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. No, I know. And that's exactly, but then you just do it and you, you do come back a different person. It's a life-changing experience. I mean, hmm. that's what I kind of seek out now or like things that really push me out of my comfort zone and are going to change my life because like way out of my comfort zone, because I feel like it's the only way I can like get like quick change, you know, like Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I totally, totally get that. I had that, I had those thoughts with homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> my body was injuring myself. My voice box closed up. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe what it would be if I had to homeschool, like I would have some very strong reactions. <laughs> I knew, I was like, I know that this is going to be like the fast track to personal growth. And holy crap, has it been? <laughs> like, and you're only like two months in. No. Not even, like five weeks. <laughs> I know, I know. There's, there's been a lot of feelings over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it is definitely, it is definitely better to live and to really just be like, where, where is, where's the thing that's going to push me into more life? And it's always those things that are, that feel uncomfortable and outside of what we know. Yeah. That's the feeling that I strive for is the feeling of being alive, mm -hmm. which is like full of fear and unknown and, but equally like excitement and wonder there's so much. So there's so much in this world around us that we don't see in my office every day. <laughs> right. Right. It's just this wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gives you faith in yourself and it makes you feel alive. Absolutely. Being in nature. I, it's such a human experience that we're so disconnected from. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really makes you feel alive. It's a whole different thing. Like then like, I mean, well, you know, Allison, like this is this fabricated world is so not what humans are meant to be in yeah. yet. I mean, we haven't evolved to this yet. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, I, I love, I love the both of things. I love the, the natural stuff. And then I love everything humanly made like in and around. I just think the contrast of all of it is so cool. It's just so easy to just wake up and be like, all I've been within is in these man-made structures. It's like literally all I've just been inside of my house. I've just been inside of my routine. I've just been inside of, you know, all this stuff right here. And it's, it is, you can literally just do that your whole life. You really can just be oh, right here. Actually never leave your house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. All right, what do you do in wintertime? Because it is getting to fall and I have this hibernation thing that happens to me in wintertime. I do love hibernating. <laughs> I like, okay, so let's talk about that word that I can't pronounce, H-Y-G-G-E, huga. Yes, I think that's <laughs> correct. Yes. <laughs> okay, but it looks like it's pronounced hig. <laughs> I, so my goal in wintertime is actually to like get that feeling of huga, right? So huga for people who don't know, um, is a Norwegian term that is like, there's not a translation into English, but it means cozy, warm, friendly, like, Allison, what's your take on the word? <laughs> I always just think of like, like, uh, like a warm fireplace, like, a. right like a hearth. Yeah. Yes. It's like hearth. Mm -hmm. um, now there's this whole like marketing trend around Huga because like you can buy like wool socks, <laughs> like whatever. But mm -hmm. what I've read really in kind of diving deeper into it is 
it's more of like the experience of going outside and feeling that like bitter cold and then transitioning into your house with like a warm drink and family and friends. And, you know, so that's, that's what I strive for in the winter time. Um, but I have been thinking that I would love to do some winter backpacking. It's just, there's a lot of other gear mm-hmm. <laughs> involved and it might be really cold. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can deal with that. I, that doesn't like, I think that that doesn't bother me, but I don't know. I mean, it was down in like the forties when we were backpacking this weekend at night, that first night that was cold, but it was, I mean, I was fine sleeping. Um, yes. Coziness and comfortable conveniality that engenders a feeling of contentment or well-being. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, That's such a great word. Huga. (laughs) Huga. Emily, am I pronouncing it correctly? (laughs) Somebody else said it. Um, Yeah, that it was pronounced like that. Huga. Huga. It's like hookah. (laughs) You can smoke Do you do winter sports? Like, do you do skiing or any of those things? I cross country ski and I like, I really do like hiking in the winter. Actually, that's like my favorite season to hike. Um, my, I, I grew up downhill skiing, but, and my, what Anastasia downhill skis and my husband downhill skis still, but I have thrown in the towel on downhill skiing mostly because the boots are so, so uncomfortable. I have never, I have never found ski boots that feel comfortable. My feet fall asleep. My toes fall asleep. My legs hurt. It's so uncomfortable. And Mm. I think my calf muscles are like enormous. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's the problem. Everyone's like, Oh, the new boots, the, this, the, that you need this, that I have tried all of the things. And my mm. feet are so freaking uncomfortable. I, I cannot even like the idea of skiing just makes me like, and then it costs a fortune. It does. Fortune. Yeah. Why is it so expensive to go down a hill at 60 miles an hour? On- <laughs> Why? Why is that so expensive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's like, it should not cost thousands of dollars to strap some things onto your feet and go down <laughs> a hill, flying down a hill. I mean, why are, why are you paying for that? They should be paying you. <laughs> <laughs> they should be paying me. <laughs> I never really loved skiing totally. Um, but when I tried snowboarding, I liked it a lot better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have only done it like a couple times. So it's not like I'm super good at it. And you have to you have to go to, to get better at it and it does cost so much. You have to do it <laughs> to get do better. It more than once. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we live really close to a ski mountain. So yeah. it's like a small ski mountain. It's like 20 minutes away. So, I mean, the kids have like, and I didn't grow up in this area. I never had like ski things in the wintertime at school, but like they have like ski programs at school and stuff like that. So they have lots of opportunities. At- yeah slightly reduced cost still really expensive that's still better than we don't have anything locally so i mean we have like a hill somewhere (laughs) (laughs) but like for us to actually go get legitimate skiing there there's like you got to stay somewhere and there's just the whole traveling and there's that's what really adds up well, and then last year, all of the lodges were closed at the ski mountains. So you had to get changed in your car and you couldn't buy any food. And they were like, oh my gosh. COVID, right. So it was like this whole, 
other layer. Like people who skied last year really love skiing. Right. <laughs> they couldn't even sit in a lodge. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. The 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 lodges, like going and getting coffee on any kind of a ski resort, like and not doing anything else feels so special. <laughs> here I am at this location getting a normal cup of coffee but it's amazing well that's also like okay so that's the the thing about food when you're backpacking or camping or if you're worried about feeding your kids food tastes totally different in the woods and like really disgusting food tastes good because you're starving so So, you can eat dehydrated meals because you're so hungry do you would you take just out of curiosity, would you take three children, one being a six-year-old, backpacking? I would leave the six-year-old. Well, it depends on the, I mean, it depends on the, like, how far you were going and mm-hmm. their personalities. And I mean, for like- What a, if it's a personality that will not be left home? <laughs> well, I mean, is is he up for adventure? Would he like, like to sleep in a tent? I mean- He is. He's just smiling. Oh yeah. He wants to be a part of all that stuff. He's, he was so disappointed that he couldn't do the, um, the camping thing that my other two did. I just kind of have these visions of like, he is my really opinionated one and he fixates on things and I just- <laughs> I'm just picturing him fixating on something in the middle of an outdoor outdoor adventure. But this is my just, personal I'm, growth stage. Start small, Allison. Just start small. Yeah. Like go not too far. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. Make it fun. High rewards, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna try it. Do it over you the winter. Hired me. No. <laughs> not in the winter. Um Juliana says, my three-year-old walked a volcano room with me. Oh my gosh. You guys are so cool. I want to be like you. (laughs) Um, So anyway, that's okay. So we both had an adventure and now we want more adventures. Yes. That's, that's basically all that we have to say. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to start following the van life hashtag because you get sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to make me want to do that. I Which do. Maybe okay. that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing because it opens up your mind to like all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. The What I noticed from following all those van life bloggers is that they all get to a point where they're like, I am so done with this lifestyle. I am like never doing this again. Take me home. Find me a house. Like I am not living in a van anymore. So So to get it out of my system. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is, that is my thing. I'm like, I don't want to just keep living unintentionally. I want to have intention. I want to live on purpose. I want to have experiences on purpose for the rest of my life. So planning and executing. You know, we have a retreat coming up in Lake Placid in two weeks. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You can stop up there. (laughs) Falling into empowerment. It's our first retreat. Well, I say our it's my retreat, but Gina's planned the whole thing. 
Or I'm, she's done all like the behind the scenes stuff. Like I've I've done the most of the planning of the like major events, but um yeah, I'm very excited about it. We're gonna be hiking and doing like guided yoga and meditation and goal setting and journal making and vision boarding and all of those things. That's so cool. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> what a cool thing you're creating. I love that. I know falling into empowerment, we still have space. So if okay. anybody who's listening wants to come. Yeah. Awesome. Heather says intention was her word for 2020. Such a good word, isn't it? It's like such a solid word. <laughs> it's a so, it is a solid word. Unlike huga, which is not really a solid word. <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a <laughs> like a vapory word. Like how do I get a hold of that word? <laughs> you're like not sure if you're pronouncing it correctly. You go into saying the word like with a little bit of a pause because you're like, I don't know if this is really how you say the word. <laughs> But intention. Now that is a word with intention. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am such a word nerd. I love it. <laughs> Huga sounds like a car horn from the 20s. Huga. <laughs> like I totally yeah. <laughs> Polar bear diving and alligator hunting. Yes, that's what we're doing at the retreat. <laughs> what? I don't know. Margie, is that what you were saying? <laughs> Oh, it showed up on our screen. How did, yep. how did we do that? I think we just pressed it. Hold on. Oh, ooh. Oh, we can highlight things when we're talking about them? I guess so. Oh, my gosh. What a cool little tool. I don't think they should let us do that. <laughs> we can also put banners and make this look prettier, but... Um... I mean, I think it looks pretty. Yeah. Let's go back to our other screen for our, as we end. Relaxing. <laughs> Soak it all in. Soak it all in. And when you make comments like this, Amber, you're coming up on the screen. <laughs> all right. So I think we should leave everyone with a challenge for the weekend. Okay. Go find adventure. Yes. Find an adventure. Yes. Get out of your comfort zone. Plan an adventure. Oh, Amy, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> Amy meditated to that picture. It was like the most perfectly clear, flat pond ever. I love that. Shoot the Milky Way, Heather. Are you going out into the night sky? Is there some, like night sky event happening this week that we should know about oh yeah tell us if there is where do you see the milky way but i'm like everything in the sky that looks green i'm like oh it's the milky way <laughs> <laughs> every bright star i'm like oh it's venus <laughs> there was okay so while we were camping there was the brightest star i have ever seen it was like as bright as the moon reflecting into the lake. I'm pretty sure it actually was Venus because my husband told me it's the third brightest thing in the sky after the sun and the moon. I think that's what they're after. That would have to be under what that's after. Um, yeah. Ooh, I'm going to, our, okay. I, I'm, <laughs> I can't talk. I am going to our cabin in the middle of nowhere to try and see the Milky Way. Heather, that sounds amazing. That is awesome. You have to do a bunch of research to figure out if you'll even see it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, here's a good one. Okay. 
the International Space Station circles the globe like I think more than once a day. And we see it all the time. There's an app that tells you when it's going to be in your sky and you can actually see it going across the sky. It goes pretty quickly. Um, so that would be a fun one to do with kids. Heather, look up the International Space Station and see when you can see it from your area. It's super cool. That is cool. Yeah. There's so is. many things to see with the sky, but I feel like every time it the, like the there's always cloudiness or something where I am like like I'll plan it cloudy <laughs> and then it's like nope we actually have um a great property where we can see a lot of the stuff that happens it's not like right in the city lights but then it'll always it'll just always be every like, time that are perfect, cloudy <laughs> it's never not cloudy when you're looking at the sky <laughs> It covers it up. <laughs> I'm going to call you on that BS. <laughs> when, when it's certain things. Like there was this one event um, over the summer where it was these two stars. It was going to be, the, it was called the, oh, what was that called? I think they called it the Bethlehem star or something like that. Oh, where, like, yeah, when, okay, they, yeah. Yeah. when they were going to cross and it was going to create this really brightness. So the night that they were supposed to be, like uh, many of the nights we saw them, they were getting closer and closer. And then the night where they were supposed to be like actually right up top of each other, it was all clouds. <laughs> and it feels like this happens every time. <laughs> okay. So the International Space Station, though, you can do that every single day. So you have plenty okay. of clear sky opportunity for viewing. Okay. I will, <laughs> I will look that up. <laughs> all right. Now we need just quickly, we need a name for this episode. Something with adventures, of course. Adventures and saying the name Huga. <laughs> <laughs> um, give us your ideas people i'm yeah. never good on the spot with names <laughs> where's the jeopardy music i really need a button they only have like the staples button right mm -hmm. or the, we have a badass button from and like from reading that book too i need a uh starry-eyed adventures i like that oh i like that too starry-eyed adventures all right i'm gonna write that one down Good work. Good work, team. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Starry Eyed, Starry -eyed Adventures. I'm going to stop talking now. This is the end of my talking for today. <laughs> no more words. No more <laughs> words. Well, it's so lovely to see you. I know. It was so lovely to see you as well. Thanks for talking. And I'm here today. next Friday, but the following Friday, I am not. I'll be on an adventure. So maybe I should plan an adventure that week too. Yeah, absolutely. October 22nd. Okay. Time for an adventure. All right. Plan your adventure. Oh, <laughs> uh, we miss you guys too. We love, we love doing this. Yes. Thanks for our very dedicated audience. <laughs> very dedicated. You're so dedicated and we so appreciate you. <laughs> yes. You have no idea. You keep us going. <laughs> you really do. All right. Love you guys. Bye, Allison. Have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, yeah, goodbye. With lots of personal growth. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.